1: wherever you get your podcasts.
0: On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author, Hemant Sunim
1: telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love, and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms.
0: Alliance supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues.
1: Hello and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Trawin Independent GAA podcast in association with Alliance I'm Will Slattery and this week I welcome Joe brawley back to the podcast. I discuss with him Kerry's continued resurgence with a host of new blood, as well as what he sees as a desecration of Gaelic football as a series of teams from schools to senior adopt a negative style. Joe, I guess we're coming towards the tail end of the league campaign now and i was going to start off with last weekend's games. Obviously, Mayo Galway has been an interesting rivalry over the last you know, a couple of years. Galway have won seven in a row now against Mayo. And with James Horan coming back, I guess a lot of people thought, or were hoping from a Mayo perspective, that he might resume the dominance he had over Galway. But no signs of that stranglehold debating so far, anyway.
0: Well, that was quite a while ago. And, you know, people, I think, tend to overestimate James' power versus a miracle worker with Mayo. I mean, in, the, in their big All Ireland final tests, they flopped against Donegal. The game was over after 78 minutes. Um, tactically, the failure—the failure to get the matchup right against Michael Murphy, and the failure to recognise the way Donegal played the game—you know—those um, were managerial issues, you know, to an extent at least. Um, and then again in 2013, when um, he allowed Jerkaffricky to play at fullback, you know, throughout, and Bernard Brogan simply mauled him—you know—got two crucial goals at crucial times. Um, the first goal an entire, I mean, entirely a training ground uh, move that had been worked by the Dubs in anticipation of Bernard being in that matchup at full forward. You know, the, the free that was kicked in long and everyone isolated themselves in zero. Bernard just flicked the ball to the net. And, um, you know, so, OK, they were dominant in Connacht in that time and played some very good football, but they never looked like winning in all Ireland. And in truth be told, it was um, the teams that came thereafter the epic All-Ireland semi-final draw and replay, which Mayo should have won on, when Holmes and Canelli were in charge, when he had no shade, played his best ever football for Mayo on the edge of the square. And then I think even closer um, were the two finals under Rochford, where, you know, really in both those games, they were, I mean, dreadfully unlucky, you know, so that oh, it felt... It felt like the twilight. So 2 own on-goals after, and the entire history of the Ireland final had never yielded one on-goal and 2 own on-goals in the space of 10 minutes. So I think that people need to be realistic about James coming back. And it looks to me as though he's simply playing safe. But uh, he doesn't believe they can win in all Ireland and that he's playing safe. N.C. at No shade, number 11, Andy Moore. He's brought in, in a lot of history. young players
1: though, so far in the campaign. He's at least he trying.
0: Has, and he hasn't, he, has, and he hasn't. You know, the spine of the team remains the same. I mean, when it comes to it, he's got Colin Boyle in there, Andy Moran's been there more or less permanently since the start of the league at 35, 36 years of age. A fellow who was able to play for 50 minutes under Rochford and then had to be taken off because he was exhausted. Um He's got Donny Vaughan at midfield, which to me is a... Just a very much a backward step, a safe step. You know, he's a worker, he's a workhorse, but he's not going to give you anything constructive going forward. And I think that we've seen all of those things in the league, and the serious challenges that they've have, that they've had. I mean, look at look at Galway at the weekend, for example. They looked clueless up front. Um, they were taking pot shots whenever they had a gale force breeze. They were a point behind for a full ten minutes with a gale force breeze. And uh, their defence in that time conceded three ridiculous frees to hand the game to Galway. Uh, and, you know, the same, the same characters were anonymous again. And it's hard to see how that can be improved upon. I mean, the difference between themselves and the dubs couldn't be more stark.
1: And when you look at some of the other teams and how they're playing, like Kerry have won five out of five already. Peter Keane looks like he's bedded in a lot of these young players. Tommy Walsh looks rejuvenated too. They look like a really interesting proposition. They
0: do. And just to finish on the other point, I mean, one of the striking things about galway Mayo now is that you see that even though Galway are playing a very defensive game, they're able to, with very little attack play, beat Mayo. And that's because they've got better forwards than Mayo. You know, they've got five for me, very high class forwards. They have a high class number eleven. They have an excellent full forward line. Um, and you know, potentially they've got six high class forwards. Now, I, I think that they're playing entirely the wrong sort of game. I think that it's bad for the spectators, it's bad for the spirit of the game. I think that, you know, they're not doing themselves justice at all, and there's clearly a ceiling on what they can achieve. Sure they can win conduct again. But come Croke Park, if they play the way that they've been playing, as we saw last year, it will inevitably feel it's all well and good and bad weather at the heart of winter time, you know, when there's sleet coming down and there are high winds, then that heavy defensive format can yield success. But even with that heavy defensive format, it's clear to be seen that their forwards are superior to Mayo's. And it's hard to see where Mayo can go from this. Kerry, you're right. I mean, okay, we've had it before with them, but Sean O'Shea is now looking like um a pacer version of morris fitzgerald um his finishing is superb he's a brilliant number 11 fantastic vision great finisher two-footed um, and all around him he's got footballers of pedigree all of whom have experienced success at the highest level at underage and you know that goes into the memory banks they're carrying. they've got the heritage They've got the medals themselves. And you can see that this is a, a team filled with desire. we are very serious about toppling the dubs. And once Clifford comes back, and I suspect that what they'll do with Clifford is play him on the edge of the square and use the high ball more against the dubs because we've seen that they have not been able to develop a number three. And again, there was panic yesterday against Ruscommon any anytime a ball was kicked in high, just as we saw against Monaghan earlier in the league. So that Kerry are very, very close to the dubs, I believe.
1: What do you think of Tommy Walsh and, and the role he's played?
0: Well, again, you know, you put the ball in the air to Tommy Walsh in there against Dublin. There's going to be panic. And if you've got Clifford playing off him, for me, as I said last year, Clifford is going to be the... If, if he is uninjured, I believe that he will be within four or five years, we will be saying this is the greatest Gaelic footballer that has ever played the game. I mean, his statistics last year were incredible, his championship statistics for a 19-year-old. He scored 4-4 from playing the All-Ireland Minor final the previous year. And if he hits his stride, as I expect that he will, because he's a modest kid, he's a very, very hard worker. I mean, in every facet of the game, he's an expert. I think he's going to be a nightmare. And joining this Kerry setup, I think that they're very 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 close and what's more important is they're extremely exciting so that we can all enjoy that you know I mean I, I, <laughs> you know on the other on the other side of the coin like I was talking to James Robinson you know the statistical guru he used to set the odds for Paddy Power, He's sort of an actuary and now he goes under the moniker don't foul mm. on the internet surely you'll be familiar with yeah. him but he's the go-to he's the go-to person for stats I think now. And, uh, you know, there's two or three of them. For me, James is the best, the most insightful. And I, I met him recently at Function, and I said to him, is there anything that jumps out at you, you know, statistically from the first four rounds of the National League? And he said, yes, do not watch Fermanagh.
1: <laughs> but to be fair to Rory Gallagher,
0: like they're a win, one win away from promotion. No, 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 no. I, I refuse to be fair to Rory Gallagher. <laughs> it's horrific. It's horrific to watch. It's damaging to the spirit of the game. I mean, anyone can put everyone behind the 45 and win via freeze, reach time, 2 1 up or 3 1 up or 3 2 up. And, you know, I, I, it's unwatchable. It's unskilled. It adds nothing to the GA community. No one wants to watch it. I mean, no wonder there's nobody watching them. Uh, for me, it's nihilism, and I refuse to watch it. I refu- I went to see them in the McKenna Cup against Tyrone, just to see. And at half time, the score was two-two. The first score from play was in the forty-fifth minute. And uh, I mean, I don't know who would want to subject themselves to that. You know, it's the sort of, I mean, it's the sort of thing that that if you showed from Anna on a loop to to. The in Guantanamo Bay. I think they would roll over and double.
1: <laughs> but if you get to an I Ulster think. final, if you get to Division One yeah. with such well, a small you, you playing see, pool, did you
0: see that Ulster final? You I did. I did see the final. Though. I did. Did see you see that? It. Did, you, I, see see
1: that, did I, you enjoy it? Um Gar played some good football. To be fair,
0: <laughs> you know the only the only good thing about that Ulster final was that Arlene Foster was forced to watch it. <laughs>
1: But, you know, like get, getting to the final for them or getting to Division One is still a great... for such a small county. Yeah. Is it-
0: Look, if winning's the only thing that matters, you know, and, and you're into nihilism and you're into that sort of, you know, those sorts of horrific spectacles that are inevitable with Fermanagh, then that's fine. You know, no doubt there are plenty of perverts out there who'll enjoy that. But not me. And I refuse to patronise it or say anything good about it because, for me, it's the pits it creates a ter- it creates a horrific example and uh, and it does nothing for the spirit of the game its ethos the skills of the game none of the things that matter none of the things that make the game worth playing well, you know with that it's just a chore and a grind and who really cares who well, wins when you mentioned server logistics
1: When you mentioned that uh, it sets an example, I guess, you know, I saw you share the video of Abbey CBS versus St. Pat's during the week, you know, in a competition up in Ulster, and it was a very, very low scoring game. I think it finished 2 1, maybe. And there was a farcical video of, like, you know, one of the teams not engaging with the other as they just kind of passed the ball back and forth on the halfway line. Like you said, it was desecrating the game, you know, so you felt very strong.
0: That game. The Abbey were one of the glories of Gaelic football, the Abbey Christian Brothers, and produced some of the greatest Gaelic footballers ever to take the field. And we saw many of those footballers winning three All-Irelands were down in the 60s and two more in the 90s in supreme style. And since the advent of Jim McGuinness and down change in tack and going to a different style of football, so we saw them in the 2010 Championship playing brilliant football and unexpectedly getting in all-Ireland final and coming within a point of winning it against Cork, but playing brilliant, exciting football. And that was down football. But since they've gone down the road of Blanket defence, we see that they're in a very similar predicament to Derry now. And the Abbey against St. Pat's Mahara last week, what happened was I got three, four or five texts from St. Pat's parents because Seamus Downey, his son was playing. Henry Downey was there. Johnny McGurk, his son was playing. So three or four of my Derry teammates, John Mahon, his son was playing. They were texting me saying, you've got to see what's going on here. This is the Brock Cup under 15, you know. It's the it's the the jewel in the crown of under 15 schools football, and in the previous two games, Maharad posted two 16 and four 16, and they're a lovely attacking football team, and here they are against the Abbey, and the Abbey go all 15 players inside their 45 and stay there, they stay there, and you know, what could Mahara do? They couldn't attack, they didn't know what to do, they were entirely confused. So at half time, it was two 0 for St Pat's Maharad. And the Abbey got their first point with a few minutes to go to make it two-one, and it's a scandal, you know. And parents are disgusted. Everybody's disgusted and depressed. You know that you know the debate that's been had on social media since I posted it. The video that was sent to me was six minutes long. Mm. I had to pair it to two minutes. the The bottom line is that it's not it's not any coincidence that the viewing figures for last year's All in semi-finals were down by over three hundred thousand. Hmm. on RT over 300,000 in the space of a year it's because people are saying well I can't watch Galway, I can't watch Fermanagh oh Jesus not them again. And do you think there's a direct you know, correlation every, between every, those? Every time every time Galway wins a game it's a dagger in the heart of Gaelic football. <laughs> every time Fermanagh wins a game because there's another coach out there saying okay look let's do this let's do it because there are a lot of coaches now in Gaelic games because the GA ignored this as well. I mean 10 years ago I said look simple rule a manager must have the same—you must have the same criteria for management of a club or a county as for playing. You know, so you've got to be a, a club member to manage the club. You've got to be a county. You've got to live in the county. Be registered as a GA member in the county to manage the county. And the GA said no, and they did all this stuff about, oh, it's impossible to police, and it's impossible to find out who's paying who. And now what we see is that there's a whole breed of coaches who are working for their mortgage or for the extension on their home. They don't care about the quality of the game. What they want to be able to say is at the end of the year, look, we got promoted or, you know, we weren't stuffed. We weren't destroyed in championship. We see exactly the same thing happening in Carlo. And there's a lot of people, just no more than what you said earlier, saying, ah, fair play to them. Isn't it great? Well, it's not great. It's the opposite of great. It's nihilism, nothingness, you know, and it's pointless and nobody should watch it. Nobody should be applauding it. People should be doing what they did in Hurland and say, this is not acceptable. It's not how we want our young men to approach the game. It's not how we want the game to be played. Because in the end, what's going to happen is nobody's going to be watching it.
1: So for you, it's, it's not worth winning unless it's won, what, in a, in a, in a positive attacking style. But, but absolutely. in every sport, though, nobody, is there not room who for... Who wants
0: to see it? Who, who wants to see it? But is there who not room special? for Look, we're not Manchester United.
1: Can there not be room for different styles in every sport? The
0: the real problem here is that the rule makers have abdicated their responsibility, a lack of imagination. I mean, trying to control the number of hand passes was merely dealing with the symptoms, not the source. You know, the source of the problem was the blanket defence. Deal with the sweepers. We've got three, we've got, uh, as things stand, we have four inter-county referees at every county game. One standby referee, one referee, and two linesmen. We have two fully trained inter-county senior referees deciding whether a ball has crossed the sideline. Right? All you need to do is to make one of those the second refs. You have a ref in each half of the field. Now you're in business. You can use the other two referees to police the sweeper. I've, I've set all this out in a detailed blueprint. It was all completely ignored. It wouldn't have affected the flow of the game, but it would have pre- prevented a, a a player dropping into a sweeping position to play as a sweeper without man marking. Uh, and instead of any imagination being shown, I mean, for example, some of the simple things that I proposed, no pass back to the keeper so that the team can't run the clock down and hold possession and, and involve the keeper. So the dubs are experts at doing it. Monaghan do it. Tyrone do it. They all do it. You know, is there any more depressing sight? In the McKenna Cup match that I went to, Fermanagh gave the ball back to their keeper 21 times. You know, the crowd were going insane. Oh Jesus, oh Christ, oh Jesus. And instead of banning the, you know, no outfield players should be allowed to pass the ball to the keeper, simple rule. No back pass over the halfway line, simple rule. Means you got to go forward, you can't you can't move the ball backwards. You know, a series of simple rules all completely ignored in favour of the nonsense that was proposed. And we see where it's getting us. 2-1 in an under 15 schools cup game in front of, you know, or 400 appalled parents
1: what do you do well Charles we, we, we covered a good bit there thanks very much really appreciate you coming back on my pleasure that's all we have time for in the throne in association with Alliance this week thank you so much for listening we'll be back next week with another podcast and in the meantime you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Soundcloud or listen on independent.ie so until next Monday thank you for listening and goodbye
0: Alliance. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues.